days, you know. Mm-hmm. What'd you do? Well, it, it, I'm a I'm a dual citizen. I'm I'm a Swiss citizen and a an American citizen. Mm-hmm. I had to lose my Swiss passport, so it was kind of a forced outing. We we drove to because uh, uh, the only Swiss uh, embassy in in California is in in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So that was the only way I could uh, renew my passport, which it was kind of nice because you know it, it got us out. We went to uh, Sausalito, stayed there for. Um, Four nights and then came back, so it was uh, just a nice outing. Because mm. I'm like everybody else, I'm all uh, you know, we're all cooped up here. <laughs> yeah, was traveling was traveling strange with everything that's occurring? You know, the funny thing is, is you know, when you drive on the five, it, everything felt kind of normal, except we didn't stop anywhere. We just stopped at uh, you know the the rest areas. Mm-hmm. San Francisco. I've never been to Sausalito, so. When we went there, I have no reference point, so it was kind of nice to be somewhere. But when we went to San Francisco, which I go there, you know, almost every year, it was kind of depressing because there's just not a lot of people around. <laughs> staying in, and there's no traffic or anything. So, <laughs> yeah. What did you spend your time doing? You know, we uh, we just went. Uh, it's a nice place, so there's a lot of place to walk, and then we took some hikes and. Uh, Actually, I was. I'm a little paranoid about this whole virus thing, so I, we don't go out much. Yeah. But it sounds like it felt like in Northern California, people are a little more disciplined than here. Mm-hmm. So we went to some. Uh, rest, actually, went to some restaurants and felt pretty comfortable, and uh, you know, had a dinner out, which we hadn't done in a long time. So that was kind of nice. What'd you get to eat? Uh, well, there was a place on the, on the ocean, you know. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's really nice over there because uh, it's a bay, so everything is right on the water. So we had some, there's like a special sushi place, and we went to um, a seafood restaurant, an Italian restaurant. It was, uh, yeah, it was a really good vacation. Actually, I just got back uh, yesterday, so I'm still on, you know, I don't know how long that's going to last. You know, when you go out, you're all on a high, and then I'm hoping it lasts over the, you know, through the weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens on Monday. <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you think of uh vacations? Do you do you feel like you're really you feel like you're getting away or that things are really changing like that you're you're turning your mind off or some sort of variation of that? Well, you know, I I um my dad was a was a hotel manager, so I, I traveled my when I was a kid, I traveled my whole life and I I, I lived in a lot of different countries. Oh, wow. So I can yeah, I can tap into you know a whole a different way of life and, and it's easy for me to just disconnect I mean I lived in I mean I, I was born in Switzerland and we lived in, in Rome in Sardinia I spent a lot of years uh, growing up in Tahiti then I went to uh, Tunisia Denmark France uh, and then I got here and I ended up here wow yeah it's really easy for me whenever whenever I get out and, and there I go somewhere else I can totally dial into you know another place and and adapt you know so mm-hmm. even northern california is still california but it, people are a little different and it was just nice to just kind of escape you know so i, I totally got uh, i got a good feeling but yeah, yeah we, we travel you know we, we travel every year we mm-hmm. when we can you know now we're, we're kind of stuck but uh it turns out that uh, to go to to go to switzerland you have to uh you have to, you land in switzerland you have to quarantine 10 days and mm-hmm. they seem really serious about it. There's no like, okay, you're quarantining and, and you can go out. No, you're you're staying in like one room for ten days. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm gonna go there. 
Has, has Switzerland had cases recently? You know, they, um, you know, the reputation of the Swiss, they're, they're pretty disciplined. So <laughs> I, uh, I had an email from my dad a few weeks ago, and I think they're, 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 they had like two cases in like, you know, one day or something. I mean, it's a miniscule country, but still, I mean, two cases for an entire country. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm like, oh, that sounds like uh, it'd be nice to uh, take a break and, and and go over there if I hadn't if I didn't have to lock myself in a room for ten days. I'd have to go there. And just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, be in a place outside of this whole virus thing. Would be for nice. sure. Yeah. Tell me more about your dad being a hotel manager. Why why did that make you travel? Was he traveling a lot? Yeah, he was. Um, was uh, opening hotels. Oh. So whenever there's a new hotel somewhere, he w- he was just getting everything started. Gotcha. And then once the hotel is up and running, then he moves on. He moves on to another place, you know. So, uh, I mean, the, the you know, growing up, you just go to like the most beautiful places in the world, you know. So. Yeah. So he he went. You guys went international. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I mean Sardinia. That's that's the first memory, the first mm-hmm. one that that he started. Uh, that, that, like that was in the in the sixties, and it was just a, I mean, beautiful, very wild area. And then after that, he opened a, a hotel in Tahiti, which was like a whole different culture. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I I was a kid, so I didn't hear you know all the 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 ins and outs. I wasn't aware of all the ins and outs of starting a hotel in Tahiti. But you know, later on, I heard my dad was telling telling us you know to hire people over there who are not, you know, it's a completely different culture. Uh, there's some, some funny stories because they they don't they don't need to work because, you know, they live off the land pretty much. Mm-hmm. That was back in the day. So they only work when they need something. Like if someone needs a refrigerator, right. they'll work. And as soon as they, they get enough money for the refrigerator, they don't, they don't come back. <laughs> so you're trying to, to run a hotel, you know, with standards and service and all that, and half of the people, whenever they reach the amount of money they want, don't bother to come back because they have absolutely no motivation. They don't, they don't need to work. That's really so, wow. Yeah, I mean that was in the that was in the seventies. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like it like that now. But uh, uh, so there was some some interesting stories. Imagine you know <laughs> being a, a Swiss hotel manager trying to run things. You know, yeah. All these people, you know, come in and out as pretty much as they please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded like it was quite an adventure. Hey, Stefan, could you do me a favor? Are you are you just talking yeah. into your phone? Yeah, yeah. Are you, oh, oh, maybe I'm not holding it. Is, is it better now? Yeah, the the way you sound right now is beautiful. You sound really, really clear oh, enough. Okay, you, maybe, maybe I didn't have the 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 phone right in front of my mouth. Yeah, you sound really good right now. You were just a little bit low. Oh, okay. So this cool. is perfect. So yeah, so did you stay in the hotels then? Did you never? Did you have like a uh, a singular building, or like that you would? Oh, no, we lived uh, we lived in the hotels, you know. So and then we, you know, we had room service, or when we go to the restaurant, always very good service because you know when you're at the, the <laughs> table of the manager, and you know people seem to, you know, get their stuff together and do the best they can. So uh, yeah, that, it was kind of a. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't really realize it, but yeah, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, that's a really unique upbringing. So, so yeah. how did well, schooling you know, work? 
Well, you know, I always went to wherever we went. We uh, my native language is French, so we always uh-huh. went to the the French school wherever we were. You know, so that okay. was a very consistent, uh, you know, education. Um, but you know, it, it, I like to think that you know, growing up in all these different places, it kind of gives you a different perspective on you know people in general, and you know this. this business that I'm in, it's, it's mostly about people. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, 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 I feel like it's easy for me to just dial dial into what people are, are about you mm-hmm. know, and, and kind of adapt to that. For sure. Because I don't have like a, a rigid, you know, frame of reference because also, I, you know, Sardinia is, in, is Italy. So, you mm-hmm. know, when I was, I, I used to speak Italian when I was a kid and that's a whole different way of life too. You know? <laughs> Wow, you so you've got you've got a really really unique brain, I would say, like in terms of of how. Yeah, I, I think my uh, my my growing up uh, story is a little more interesting than my uh, than my my work. <laughs> oh my no work way! Story. Yeah. Uh, also, my uh, just as an aside, uh, my dad was uh, really good friends with uh, Marlon Brando in in Tahiti. What? And, uh, <laughs> He was, uh, in those days, Marlon Brando, he owns an island, and I've been on that island, and he wanted to uh, build, like, a a hotel, but only from uh, materials that were in the island, so no nails, no metal. No way. Yeah. And um, his dream was to bring all his uh, ex-wives and uh, children in on that island, so he just (laughs) said it didn't really work out. How did did your dad become friends with? Marlon Brando. <laughs> I don't know. He uh, he lived in Tahiti and actually knew his uh, his kids in school, and um, I don't know how he connected with him. You know? I mean, you know, in these islands, everybody kind of knows everybody, and he was, you know, being a hotel manager. I, I think he was tapped in for trying to start this uh, hotel in that island, and I think it turns out like uh, recently, you know, maybe in the last twenty years. They actually opened a hotel on that island, so wow. the, the dream uh, finally came true. But um, <laughs> when I was there uh, as a kid, you know, it, there's, there's, there was really nothing on the. You know, it's just one of these islands that it. I don't know if you've seen these things in the Pacific. It's it's a, it's called an atoll, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have. It's like a you know uh, there used to be an island, and around the island there's a a, a coral reef that makes a circle. Okay. And, and then the island over the millennia uh, sinks. So all that's left is, is basically the coral reef, which is the shape of an O in the middle of the ocean. Oh. And then it, in, inside is this, you know, like one foot deep water for like, you know, like half a mile. And, and it's, it's just this, this beautiful water. What's it called? And, uh, an atoll, A-T-O-L-L. I will check that out. That sounds... Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so to get food, you just got to go fish. <laughs> and uh, the good thing is that the fish never, you know, never saw a human being in their life. So they're extremely <laughs> right. easy to catch. Right. <laughs> so we went out there with my brother and, and got dinner. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> I remember that. That was pretty cool. Jeez. Yeah. How were your How was your family relationship like with the moving and the, like, the consistent busy work, it sounds like? Like, how, how was your family? Uh, well, my parents were into. They more. My my parents were kind of old school, more into themselves. Mm-hmm. So I, it was more. They did whatever they want, and then they had nannies to 
time to take care of the kids. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't exactly, a, you know, a very, I mean, in some ways you're tight, but, you know, the family right. is not like a regular family. And my parents were more into, you know, traveling and their life. And then, you know, they had nannies to take care of the kids. So it, it's it's not, not a very traditional. Uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely different. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, uh, then they, you know, my, my parents got divorced and when they were in Tahiti and, and so everybody went different ways and mm-hmm. so we ended up, you know, once my dad was in Tunisia for a while, then my, my mom ended up in Denmark and then I ended up in France and, you know, everybody, it was kind of a pretty hectic time where everybody was going everywhere. Wow. Do you, do you still keep in contact? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not super tight with uh, my family, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a there's an interesting history. My my dad's got some uh, some interesting stories. You know, I mean, it was it was in the 70s, and you know, people were <laughs> discovering themselves and yeah. uh, searching and all that. And uh, another one of his stories that he went to these um, uh, there's these uh, these islands called the Marquesas Islands, which are extremely uh, you know remote and not uh, really not touristy, not very visited mm-hmm. and uh you got a permit and when you have a permit you can go and, and capture wild horses as many as you like and then you you bring him on a boat and then whoa go to an island near near tahiti and he started a, a ranch uh <laughs> for, you know tourists and for the wow uh, man <laughs> the club med and i was uh i was uh, i was like uh you know maybe 13 or something and when when everybody was busy i was the guide which not, 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 not exactly the safest thing for tourists. And I didn't speak English back then, so I, I, I used to go, we go, which means we leave, and then the horses go, and then when you know where to come back, you go, we go back, and that was it. That was the only... Wow. The funny thing is the, the, the horses, you know, they're kind of creatures of habit, so they knew mm-hmm. the... There's a lot of Japanese tourists, and nobody knew how to ride or anything. You just put him on the horse, and then they just go. <laughs> and then when the, the horses come back, they're interested in coming back and having something to eat, so they all start rushing back, and you can't really stop them. <laughs> so that was kind of a uh, some colorful stories there. Yeah, man, it sounds like you're like you wrote this out to make up. Or yeah. Something. Do you have any other? Do you have any other stories from your? <laughs> wacky <laughs> oh I'm, I, I don't know I have to think about it but yeah that, that was kind of the yeah uh, <laughs> you know I mean it's it, it's life on the islands you know yeah it's different yeah so yeah the funny thing is when I left from uh, I think we left from Tahiti to France mm-hmm. and uh, I'd never as a kid I'd, I'd never wore pants or wore shoes so that was a very new experience for me because you know you have to get on a plane you know, wow. 12 hours to go to France, and uh, I remember my first pair of shoes and my first pants, which felt really weird, because, you, you, you know, you go to school basically almost barefoot with, and always wearing shorts, you know, so that was a whole new uh, new experience for us, me and my brother, you know. Wow. That's, yeah. all, I, that's all I can really say. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You've got, a, you've got a beautiful story, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I travel a lot, and then uh, I came here in... Um, in 85, so I've been here, um, that's the longest I've ever been anywhere. Wow. Yeah. 
Could you talk into the mic again for me, just so I can see if oh, it's, I might, if it's I picking might have, up? Oh, uh, I might have drifted. Here, I'm back. <laughs> there you are. Yep, there you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, try your best to stay there. That sounds, okay. yeah, that yeah, sounds no, beautiful. Oh, that's clear. Awesome. So, yeah, how did you how did you end up in sound editing? I saw that you um, you started in, in film restoration. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I um, You know, because... Um, when my my parents uh, separated and got divorced, my mom ended up um, moving to LA with with my brother, and I okay. stayed in France until my grade um, uh, graduated from high school, and then I applied for my visa here, and he had all his buddies from uh, Beverly Hills High School, and um, that was also a trip for me because I went when I came to visit, you know, from France in a little uh, coal miner town. At the time we were living, my my dad. Uh, uh, decided to live on the farm out there in the boonies mm-hmm. and all we had was like uh, you know uh, coal we heated the, the the house with coal and wood so that was like you know like almost like hippie style <laughs> and then I came I, I, I came to visit my brother here and all his buddies you know he used to he went to Beverly Hills High School so all his friends back then were driving their parents Cadillacs and hanging out and going to these big mansions and we used to hang out at night and play tennis in these, you know, Beverly Hills mansions and all that stuff, you know. Wow, so man. That's for me. And, and everybody was going, getting high all, all night, and it was just like, you know, skateboarding from one house to another, and that was a whole other story. <laughs> and then uh, when I ended up moving here, uh, one of his friends uh, got a gig in a video duplicating house. Okay. And then uh, I ended up... Uh, checking it out and they had an audio department that did all the restoration for all these uh these old movies you know so you start in with film and back then they were making these um what are they called they weren't dvd oh laser discs Mm -hmm. yeah so all the the you had to transfer all this this um these movies from from you know the original uh mag and and optical tracks to to a tape and then trying to clean it up best you could and then uh, you know make a master for uh, the the laser disc. So they had you know I mean these these was like all the MGM titles, mm-hmm. Gone with the Wind, and all these uh, you know uh, two thousand one uh, Space Odyssey and all these movies. Yeah, we went through the whole catalog, you know, and then you just you know day in day out transfer, clean up, and then make masters. So that that's how I got started. Wow, kind of nice, you know. How how was your how was your film knowledge growing up? Was that was that movie place like one of your first times really, like learning no, about I, a lot I of film? More, I, I was more of always like a you know I was into I was into more into music and um, mm-hmm. playing a band when I was in uh, in France. And, oh, uh, cool, man! W- was interested in more you know a lot of people in sound come from music. Yeah, and and uh, actually it was funny because when I got here. Another buddy of my my brother's got me a gig at this uh, store. It was called Heaven. It used to be uh, one of these, um, you know, Oz that weird that store that sells all this weird stuff. Oz, Oz. Yeah, A A H S. No, I've never, I've never, I've never heard it. That sells a bunch of like you know, gadgets and stuff like that. And so I had a gig there, Mm. and I used I wanted to be in music, so I I I, um, I used to call it. Uh, the, the, there was the, the, the record plant was near the, the Beverly Hills the Beverly Center mm-hmm. 
and I used to call that 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 girl at the record plant who trying to get in like every week, <laughs> you know, on like on Tuesday at ten o'clock. That was my phone call, <laughs> and until like you know, and I did that for like you know months. And she was really nice. She said, hey, "Can I call you back?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, she one day she offered me the gig and said, "Oh yeah, if you wanna, you know, we need like a runner and you can work." But that same week I got a gig uh, at, at the video place, so I decided to to do that. <laughs> wow! So it, it could have, it could have been very different. Yeah, it, it's funny how it works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and then from there, you know, back then you you know you could move from one place to another. So I I, I did a lot of. Uh, the place, the first place I was, it was called Crest Videotape. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it exists anymore. It's on. It used to be on Seward Street. Mm. And then uh, Modern, uh, there was a place called Modern Video. So I worked there. And then there was a guy named uh, um, Rick Chase, which was, I got a gig with him. He was really interesting. He was kind of a, a pioneer in, uh, in sound restoration and invented a bunch of... Uh, processes to uh, to play these old movies you know and he had his own company so I worked with him for a while really brilliant man uh, so that that I learned a lot working there mm-hmm. and then uh, after that I got a gig at Universal being a dialogue editor so that's what I uh, how'd you how'd you swing that you know it's all word of mouth and uh, yeah you know I, for- I really forgot how I did. they used to make uh, there was there, it was weird because at Universal which is a whole union. There was one trailer in on the lot that was non-union, and that's where I got my gig, uh, <laughs> non-union gig. Uh, uh, and it was like when they say dialogue editor, you were the dialogue editor, you were the ADR mixer, the, uh, the mixer. You did everything, you know. So that was kind of a cool, a cool way to learn. Yeah. And then you know, from there, you just you know get gigs from uh, one place to another. And my first like real union gig was uh, a place called Modern Sound. And mm-hmm. I used to work on the, the the back then they did the Star Trek, uh, the New Generation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I worked on what was it called? Um, Star Trek. <laughs> oh, I forgot the name of it, but there was one where there was some some, some sort of wormhole uh, that they used to come out of, uh-huh. and they made like a whole series out of it. You know. Oh wow got the name of it yeah there was the new generation and and i had to look up on my imdb but <laughs> that, that kind of like the, the first like real serious and then back then it was all you know apprenticeship so you mm-hmm. learn a lot but see now everybody works they ask okay do you know pro tools and they go yeah yeah so you, you never see anybody everybody's at home <laughs> working and you, you we kind of lost a little the apprenticeship yeah because Every time I did something, the supervisor was screening my reel, and you know, anytime there was a mistake, you know, they pointed out. And then you're you're in the same building where they do the mix, uh-huh. so you you don't want to get a phone call from the stage and say, "Stefan, can you come down here?" <laughs> you know, that was kind of a, a, a scary phone call to have because then you go down to the stage and the clients are here, the mixers are there, and they all look at you and say, "What was that?" <laughs> <laughs> what was that? So, yeah, so you 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 know that was a that was a whole school of uh, but you learn a lot you know, so I I, I try you know with the, the people that I work with or you know the editors that I work with I, I try to I mean the the ones that need it I try to listen to their stuff and and give them feedback and and and, and try to make them understand you know how the process works mm-hmm. 
because you know coming from film and all that i mean i you know you're you're there now i'm I'm more towards the source you know because i on my gig you know you talk to the actors you talk to the the person on the, on the set recording and all that yeah and so it, it's nice to have a view from the the, the moment the stuff is shot to the, all the way to the end to like the, the final product so you kind of get a sense of how everything goes together because a lot of people when they you know they, they're good editors but they don't understand the the process from why am i doing this that way well because down the line we're going to need this and all that you know and, it, and if you're not familiar with that it, it might sound a little strange for you know if you're a beginner mm-hmm. so I, tr- I try to bring back a little you know the 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 whole apprenticeship that i was lucky to have you know and try to pass it on a little bit yeah absolutely man yeah yeah how how tell me a bit about what we do in the shadows how how'd you get that and tell me tell me a little bit about working working on it oh yeah well um I work at um, you know at, at uh, Formosa, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know Jackie Jones is, is, is kind of the person who um, makes the contact with the clients, and then she she has a stable of, of people that, that you know sound supervisors, and, yeah, yeah. and she probably picks who she thinks is gonna you know work well with certain people. So um, you know I got a call for this one, and as usual when you get a job, you have no idea you know what to expect. Cause, <laughs> I hadn't seen the movie, so as yeah. I okay. heard about it, I watched the movie, and I go, well, "This is really funny." Okay, <laughs> and uh, it's a whole—it's it, it, kind of a really interesting um, aesthetic because you know we're, we're we're pretending to be a reality TV show. So right. Reality TV shows sound a certain way, but it's scripted, so there's a lot of things you have to do to make it sound real, and a lot in some episodes you have to make the the viewers feel that the the sound crew and the film crew is there because sometimes they talk to the camera you know? right yeah and so there's this whole thing and um i was joking with uh, some people is that usually when you work on on you know our episodic you're you're cleaning up as much as you can to make it you know as clean as possible but mm-hmm. in this case when when I, like people are running from one place to another i actually recorded you know, you know, like actors, they wear these radio mics, you know, uh, and yeah. then when they're in your shirt, when you run, it makes like this... Yeah, the roughly, noise, yeah. You know, they rub. So I actually recorded that, just the rubbing, and uh, <laughs> we actually add that in, which <laughs> for any sound person is like the most <laughs> insane thing you could possibly do. Actually, you, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can look on any sound library, you're not going to find that sound. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because that's the sound that everybody wants to get rid of. So I have like a, a I made like a bunch of little, you know, rubbing uh, microphones, and also you know like the, the sounds of you know when the boom person hit has a boom and then it yeah hits sometimes yeah yeah that's another it has like a specific sound when you hit the boom or <laughs> yeah. the wind hits it. So now we have that too. So whenever <laughs> it gets crazy and you see people running around, just to give that that reality feel. Uh-huh. Add that back in, so it, it really feels like there's people like really live uh, getting that uh, happening, you know, as we see it. <laughs> and then you know the the, the producer, uh, you know, Jermaine Jermaine Clement. Yeah, yeah. He, he has a very. I mean, he's been watching. It's funny because I I don't know if I could do it, but he watches a lot of reality TV shows apparently. Uh huh. 
and he sometimes he says, "Well, would the Kardashians uh, sound like this?" You know, like, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't watch that. <laughs> and he can hear, you know, what kind of microphone is used because, like, the whole thing is like, okay, so you have a scene with the vampires, right? And then they meet somebody. So to be realistic, you could imagine that they put a radio mic on the vampires. You know, because we know them and then they're followed by a sound crew. But right. if they meet somebody in the street, the person in the street is not supposed to wear a yeah, yeah. because we just met them. But, wow. yeah. you know, because of the production and all that, sometimes they are, they are wearing a radio mic. So <laughs> we have to do everything we can to make these people sound like they're captured on a boom. To make yeah. Wow. So, and then Jermaine is always pointing out to, no, 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 that guy, you know, so the, the the funny side story is like you know the bat the, the the vampires they transform into bats and then they reappear again. Mm -hmm. So nobody knows when they're bats if what happens to their uh, radio mics that they're wearing. Are they <laughs> drinking? Are they wearing them? And do they uh, reappear? So we haven't solved that problem. Yet, That's but, funny, you know. dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. watch the show totally different now. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh yeah, because the whole thing is you know you're following these people and they. They talk to the camera, and then there's, there's all that, and 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 also, which is it's interesting for us because when you have a vampire show, everybody wants to put like, you know, their best vampire sounds and you know go crazy on all that stuff. But the whole idea, and, and every time we do, we go overboard. Jermaine goes, no, 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 this is, you know, we're, this is real, okay? <laughs> I mean, they, they are transforming and all that, but it's yeah. got to sound as real as possible. Yeah. So even if you have like zombies that have like bones that are cracking and you know you hear their you know all these yeah, yeah. sounds you still have to make it like it could be happening now so you don't want to go like super heavy with a lot of low end <laughs> and you know like in a movie yeah it has sound uh, you know not amateurish but uh captured you know right there so it, it, it's a really <laughs> yeah it's so funny to think about it that way that like yeah. The the, the and, fictional and, crew, the fictional crew yeah. that's capturing them is a really really talented group of people. <laughs> oh, you know, and, and my favorite is that uh, on one episode, they got this vampire who comes back from like you know the the old country. Yeah, I I love that dude. Oh, did you see that one? Oh and, yeah, and I've they, and he, and I'm and he eats the the sound guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. everything gets disconnected, right? And then. <laughs> I went home and I had like a, a power a cord from my computer, yeah. and, and you know when you put the cord in, it makes that buzz. Yeah. That that's what's in there. I, I, <laughs> I did a bunch of like uh, crackles of like uh, like a wire that you're trying to plug in because they're all panicking, and then the guy got eaten, and the the the, the wires got disconnected, and someone has to connect them again, and then you know oh, when, you, yeah. when you connect them halfway in. It sounds like you lose all the low end. Yeah, it's, it's like the down. weird feedback sound. So we did that. We we, we actually, because I had the sound on that cable, and I plugged it half in, and it made that horrible noise, and then you could barely hear the voices. Right, yeah. Then someone pushes it completely in, and you and get then that it's back. buzz, and then everybody's back. So that that was like my favorite. Sound. That's genius, dude. I love that. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. I'm a I'm a humongous fan of both the show and and the film. I've seen I've seen both many times. Oh yeah, so, so yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a whole aesthetic. I, I like the uh, I like the TV show because the, 
the character development, I mean, and, and then this, the, the whole thing with the energy vampire is like... <laughs> that so, shit's so funny, dude. Oh, my God. That's so that guy, funny, man. It's just, I mean, the stuff... You know, I just saw on YouTube, he's got like a... There's a video, I guess YouTube knows on my feed that I like uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> and there's a thing on YouTube right now where there's a, the character Colin who reads uh, a Darwin book. <laughs> no like, way, man. Super I... boring. <laughs> and everybody on YouTube is like, I'm falling asleep, man. I can't, I can't <laughs> watch the end of this. He's draining my energy. <laughs> I haven't heard of that, man. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the ideas that these guys have are just like you know, they're they're so cool. Yeah, man, it's it's a I, totally different brand of comedy. It's so good. Yeah, and you know, I can I can't even get to the whole you know college humor thing with the the episode with the witches when they're trying to harvest the, <laughs> the vampire semen. That's yeah, like yeah. Whole, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, the challenge this season was you know because of the pandemic. Uh huh. We, we couldn't do uh, ADR in person, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, normally you get you get people in the studio and, and everything is perfectly recorded and you can direct them and, you know, suggest different performances. And all right. That. But with the pandemic, they only, you know, they, they had to work with their iPhones and all that. So That's crazy, that man. Challenge. Yeah, well, you know, my instruction is, you know, if, if they have like a walk-in closet, to get in there and record in there so there's no echo or anything. Right, you know, so yeah. Get a cleaner sound. Mm -hmm. And then there's, um, I forgot the name of it. There's a, there's a, instead of, you know, because when you record on your phone, I learned there's different ways to record. Uh -huh. And there's a, there's a, a program, um, I forgot what it's called. It's, T, uh, oh, something Wave, Blue, Blue Wave, uh, something TW Recorder. Uh -huh. And I ask everybody to download it. So they get a better recording and they go in their closet and then they email everything and then I try to make it work. And if <laughs> it doesn't, I just give him notes. So it, everything is in slow motion. Yeah. Wow. You know, like normally, you know, you're in ADR session, they say the line and you go, well, you know, you need a little more energy and, and for the sync to work, you know, you might have to say it a little faster. Right. But then you, you, you send it out. And then three days later, you get the files, you try it, and then you go, ah, that's not working. Then you send an email saying, oh, can you do it like that? Then they try again, and it takes, you know, it, it's... But everybody, on the, you know, the good thing on that show that everybody is so nice. The, mm -hmm. the, the actors are very, I mean, they're like the, 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 the friendliest people, and everybody tries super hard. Some shows, you know, that people have attitudes sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you heard stories about actors. Yeah, of course, yeah. They're not always the easiest. But on this show, everybody just, like, totally stepped up. And, you know, because surprisingly, in this show, you don't realize, but there's quite a few lines of ADR. Wow. I mean, you can't tell. But uh, there's, there's a, a, you know, a lot of added. We add a lot of, like, uh, commentary sometimes. Uh -huh. and, uh, some lines when can't really understand them they have to redo and uh it turned out you know so uh that was a that was an interesting uh process we'll see what happens next year well, i'm excited man i'm really excited yeah, especially yeah. after after chatting you know but yeah um yeah. i i would love to keep in contact personally if you'd be interested because i'd love to hear about the show as it as it goes on yeah.